Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Cracking Fitness. Today's guest is Alyssa Ritchie. She is an absolute Olympic lifting superstar. Uh, when I say superstar, like, I'm, I'm serious. Uh, she absolutely crushed the Pan Am Championship. Uh, she set an American record, a Pan American record. And then as far as body weight percentage compared to how much weight she's lifting, she lifted more than any other Olympic lifting American in history. So she's a tiny powerhouse. Uh, she's under five feet. I think she weighs like 110 pounds. But go to YouTube and watch these lifts. They are, they will amaze you even if you don't know what you're watching. Just so much power comes out of this person. So much fun. And then the episode gets kind of deep into mindset, nutrition, her, her training. And I guess going back to mindset, absolutely incredible mindset. So much fun to talk with her and just see the way that her mind works. The Olympics is her goal. She will be an Olympian. And when I say that, you'll listen to the episode and you'll just hear it in her voice. She knows that she's going to go to the Olympics and she will do whatever it takes to make that happen. She'll follow her nutrition plan. She'll follow her dietitian. She'll do what her coach says. She'll follow her training plan and she's going to make it happen. I had such a great time speaking with her today. I really appreciate her coming on the episode and sharing some of her wisdom and experience. If you guys enjoyed today's episode, which you probably will, please hop over to iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this and give us a positive review. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Bringing health, wellness, and fitness ideas right to your speakers with your host, Tyler Martin, learning from experts and average Joes alike. This is the Cracking Fitness Podcast. Okay, so the record button has been hit. Uh, we were just talking about your very first Instagram photo. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a, new, a new haircut. And you had just gotten on Instagram. And now it's like, it's the cool thing. Everyone has Instagram. Yeah, everyone has Insta Instagram. Instagram is very Instagram. Yes. It's, um, it's interesting. In, yeah, I like that. That was a good play. <laughs> there. So you are, you're Alyssa Ritchie. That's, that's how you pronounce it, right? Yep. Okay. And you're, like I, like I said before, I'm not trying to flatter you, but you're kind of a big deal. Like world champion, Pan Am queen, like yeah, pretty awesome stuff. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name's Alyssa Ritchie. I am currently right now in Ohio. Um, I just started weightlifting about two and a half years ago. Um, solely, I was CrossFit before that for about three and a half, four years. Um, made it to regionals each time. Missed the games in 2014 by like a no rep, so that was pretty crazy. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yep. So athletics has been a part of my life for, uh, since I was nine years old. Um, and I never thought I would be where I am in weightlifting. I never thought I would be a weightlifter. Had you told me that when I was 10 or 15, I would have been like, yeah, right, right no. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm on team USA for weightlifting. Now I've made, um, let's see three Pan Am teams two world teams and I was a national champion 
and now I'm your Pan Am 2019 champion, which is so surreal to me still. Yeah, that's um, amazing. Yeah, and it's like not by like a little, it's by a lot. <laughs> so that's even <laughs> the cooler part. It's not like it's by like a kilo, it's by like six kilos. That's, so, that's amazing. Yeah, it's like by 12 pounds. That's a lot of freaking weight. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I mean, this is normally a question that, you know, guys reserve and don't ask. But in this case, you know, you're, you're world champion. So what weight class are you in? How much do you weigh? Um, I'm a 49 kilo. Uh, I'm in the 49 kilo weight class competing, but I do not sit at that weight all the time. I usually, when, um, when my training volume is super high and everything's crazy, I'm usually sitting around 53.5 to 54 kilos. Okay. So for people in Idaho or around the United States that don't follow the, the kilos, how much weight is that? Um, <laughs> You're like, well, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, 53 <laughs> times 192. Right? So you just take 52 times 2.2. So it's a 119 yeah. basically. And so what is, what was your snatch in the, in that competition? Um, I hit 83 kilos for my last lift, which is 183 pounds. That's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. It was uh, my best. It was my best snatch in practice off the blocks, which means like it's a position above the knee. Yeah. Was eighty five kilos, and then my best snatch ever on the ground, which is usually how we compete, uh, is where this actually where the barbell starts when we compete is on the ground. So that lift was eighty uh, four on the ground. And wow. so 83 for me at body weight of 49. Cause like I just said, I can like sit at 53, you know, five. So when I'm a 49 and I'm hitting the same weight as a 50. Oh yeah. I mean, that's incredible. That is. Cool. And so what's your, what's your, what was your clean and jerk in that competition? Um, my clean and jerk was historic. It was, um, 200. I thought I did the wrong numbers cause it was so oh, high. But it's 235, like 0.4 pounds. So right, 235. Um, and then my body weight is like 108 in pounds. So that's yeah. 20 pounds over double body weight clean and jerk. And that is the, to this day, for the history of the sport, it is the most pounds percent body weight ever lifted for an American, woman or man. That is so cool. Yeah, it is like... <clears throat> unreal like i want that in print <laughs> yeah it should be in print and i hear that your coach is gonna buy you a tesla because of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so not yet um we have to hit let's see which is not far away uh some girls are like 30 kilos away from the world record okay i am like 20 pounds away from it wow so we're talking like the difference some girls are like 60 pounds. I'm only 20 pounds. Yeah. So I believe that if you would have put 110 on the bar last week for Pan Ams, I would have hit it. Yeah. Uh, I, I fully felt 107 was like easy. Like that, it was a very good lift. That um, is just incredible. So people that are listening that don't know weightlifting or Olympic weightlifting. Um, so you do the clean and jerk and the snatch, which are two lifts. Yep. And I weigh 200 pounds and my lifts are the same as yours. Sure. So, yeah. so like, <laughs> also like very high <laughs> up in the country. For, yes. Yeah. Um, so, so, I mean, just like letting listeners know you're incredible. 
like like it doesn't even i don't even that i don't even think that word describes it so so that's cool so <laughs> <laughs> it's a um, lot of hard work a yeah lot. which is really what what i want to get into on this podcast is talking about about the hard work and what you do um sure. so on this podcast we bring like experts um highly highly advanced athletes doctors um and average joes and we just try to kind of break it down like what is fitness what is health and what do you do that maybe i can learn from or listeners can learn from and just try to add to our routine um so something that i think that you guys and i i like i put you in your own category you guys uh do that i personally am not very good at is just have a foundation um, I feel like my diet's all over the place and I feel like my training can sometimes be all over the place. And so, um, I kind of wanted to talk about your basics and your foundation. Um, so let's start with nutrition. What, what do you do? Um, I follow a nutrition company called Renaissance Periodization. I followed them for two and a half years and I've learned so much from them and I have also had so much success with them. Uh, my first year with the diet, it was kind of a struggle, but I was also a 48 kilo weightlifter before the weight classes changed. So that was pretty, um, I was pretty low in calories. Um, then I, after the weight classes changed and it went up one kilo for my weight class to 49 kilos, I decided to like change my diet and change all my calories going, increasing everything. Yeah. So I ended up increasing a lot and I felt like a happier human being yeah. and I felt like I could survive versus almost die every week. <laughs> yeah. um, it's funny now. Cause like, it's funny now, but when I was going through it, it was like torture. Uh, I was like on 1100 calories versus now I'm like on 1700 and 1100 calories for a human being is not enough, especially at my work capacity, the amount of weight and training that I do. That's like a bird. That's like eating like a bird. So, um, yeah. So anyway, so my diet consists of now it's about 103 grams of carbs. Or, sorry, 103 grams of protein, yeah. uh, around eight cups of vegetables a day, and 120 to 140 grams of carbs a day, and then anywhere from 45 grams of fat to 60 grams of fat. And then basically what uh, happens is if I train harder, I get more carbs. If I train less, uh, less hours or whatever, I get less carbs. And then if I get, if I'm just like not training, if I'm on a rest day, I get more fats and way less carbs. Like the carbs go in half, the fats increase to like 60. Okay. So on your yeah. training days, you get more carbohydrates and then the fat stays the same, but on, yeah. on, on non-training training days, higher fat. So you're still hitting your calories it's yeah, just and it's carbon. still hitting the amount of calories. It's just, it's just like carbohydrates, you know, uh, fat lasts longer and it feels yeah. better. So it just, I mean, it, um, 
was it would last longer, feels better, as in like it it takes longer for a fat to be digested. So it's a lot better on a non-trained day. Yeah. So you started with Renaissance periodization then around the same time you started Olympic weightlifting. Is that right? Yeah. I uh, just basically started weightlifting and then I knew I had to make a brutal cut to 48. So I had to cut 55 kilos to 48 kilos. Wow. It's about 17 pounds, I believe, in nine weeks. Holy cow. Yeah. In my little frame. Yeah. Instagram stalking you. I don't know. I mean, you don't look like you would have 17 pounds to lose. So no, I mean, I don't, I think a lot, like you're talking like when I'm cutting weight, I'm losing at least six, uh, four to five pounds of water. Yeah. Cause that last, like, if you go on to my YouTube page, I just posted my weight cut from Pan Am's. And if you really want to see like what the last four hours are leading up to my competition or my final weigh-in, you can see how much water I lose. Like I'm constantly in the sauna, constantly spitting to like lose water and to make sure constantly peeing um, to lose that. Like, I think I wake up three pounds over. Yeah. So yeah. So it's definitely water. uh, Most of it is when I'm cutting. So you're like, you're super dialed. Oh, super dialed in. I mean, I have to be. There's yeah. just no room for air when you're at this top. Yeah. Like you can't, you cannot have air. If you have air, that means there's room for someone to beat you or yeah. take your spot from making the Olympic team. And that's just not going to happen. That's awesome. Like at all. So even if, if we as lay people <laughs> could do 80% of, you know, of what you're doing, we'd probably be in a healthy bracket. Anybody could do what I'm doing. They just have to have the mental capacity and they have to have the tools and the resources. But most of all, they have to want to do it. Yeah. And they have to believe they can do it. The problem is, is like people want it, but they don't want to put in the effort to do it. That's the problem. It's not that nobody, it's not that you don't have the talent or you don't have the ability. It's that you don't truly want to do it. If, if I told somebody that they would hit my total at, um, what I hit at Pan Am's, if I told them they were going to win three gold medals or make an Olympic spot, like let's say I make the Olympic spot and let's say I go to the Olympics next year. If I told someone that they were guaranteed that Olympic spot, but they had to put all the work in to get there, they would do it because they know that they're guaranteed a spot. They just got to put the work in. Now, if I told them they weren't guaranteed a spot, or yep. they might miss it, then they probably aren't going to put the work in because you know what? Today I'm tired. I don't want to get up. I don't feel like eating broccoli. I don't want to cut weight. Uh, you know what? This is too hard. I'm, you know, I don't like pushing my body at this like crazy. I don't like pushing my body this hard, but you know what? Like every day that I show up to the gym, it's not about what I want. It's about what I have to do. I yeah. have to put the work and I have to do the weight cut. Like it, I have no choice. If I didn't want to do this stuff, I wouldn't be in the sport. Yeah. I love to hear that. Just that, that mental strength. Sure. Um, what have you done to develop that, that mental strength? Cause one, I mean, I guess just to continue on to that question a little bit. Um, I love when we first started talking and you're like, Oh yeah, I rocked Pan Am's. I'm, I mean, you didn't say exactly like this, but like, I'm awesome. I did great. Um, So you're confident. And obviously, just uh, now I'm stuttering on my words because I'm all excited. 
Um, <laughs> right. uh, you just have a mental capacity that that is pretty incredible. So how have you developed that? Um, I think I was, oh, geez, kind of like, I think a little bit I would, well, I think a little bit is I had, it's a, little, it's a really good question. How did I develop my mental capacity? I think it first started in gymnastics when my gymnastics coach was extremely excruciatingly mean to us. <laughs> um, but at the moment, if I would have, you would have asked me as a child, nine to, you know, 12 years old, or actually I was only with her for like a year and a half. So if you would ask me as an 11 year old little or 10 year old little girl, like, you know, like who she is and do I like her and stuff? I would have been like, no, no way. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have said no to you because she was mean. But if you ask me now, looking back at it, I would say she grew me into a very mentally strong athlete and physically. The, yeah. uh, the stuff she put us through, just like some silly stuff. Uh, I mean, she uh, if we got first even, she wouldn't let us celebrate. She would make us work harder. Yeah. If we did something wrong, there would be like a penalty of like a thousand push-ups. And I'm not even exaggerating. You know? Like if we cried in practice, we'd have to get sent to the locker room and sit and we don't practice. Yeah. If we fell off the beam, we would have like a million push-ups or sit-ups or where you have to condition like whole practice instead. Um, so it's just like, it's really like grueling stuff that like you would never think, like as a parent looking in, you would look at that and be like, oh my God, my poor child. Like, ah. But at the end of the day, like there's so many more worse things going on in the world. Like there's kids that don't get to eat. There's kids that are literally getting beat by their parents. There's kids that don't have parents. So like at the end of the day, like, yeah, it was probably a little too much as a little girl. She probably could have been a little nicer, but I think it, it like helped me in the long run. I don't think it scarred me. I think it like yeah. made me stronger because I'm not the, and I think that's, why I'm struggling answering this question too, like when I kind of pause there, because I think a lot of my mental uh, drive mindset comes from both my mom and dad. Um, I definitely think you were born with, um, you know, you were born with attributes of your parents, right? You're, you're yeah. made up of genes and uh, things that your parents have. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of that comes from my mom and dad. I ended up getting like the best qualities from both, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think also like another thing comes to where when I started weightlifting to get better at track and field uh, in high school, I would do it like once a day for four, like three months leading up to track just to get like more powerful, more explosive, all that stuff. But he told me that I was a very strong, gifted athlete. And that's when my mind was like, I'm strong? Really? Like me? And I, like, I, I always like, knew I was talented. Like I always was like the best. Like I was a freaking good gymnast. Like yeah. I'm not going to be humble about that because I just think that was one of like, my greatest um, memories of my childhood. It, I was an awesome gymnast. I could tell you if I would have stayed in, I probably would be going to the, I probably would have been like doing the Olympics the, around the time like Sean Johnson was doing yeah. it. Or, um, so those girls, but like, you, you know, you don't know, but I could tell you that I probably would have been going to, you know, getting a, trying out for a spot yeah. at the Olympics. 
gymnastics team. I was very good. It was just very powerful, very explosive. I caught on fast. Like you could literally show me a movement and I would have it by like next practice. So like three days later or two days later. And my coach would be like, how? Yeah. But it's just because, you know why? Because I would tear the cushions off the couch and I would practice for hours. I would stand on the sideline of the floor of the floor exercise when everybody's waiting in line i wouldn't wait in line i would stand on the sideline and try the movement a million times yeah. until i got so tired of falling on my head i would stop you know it's like right. i was trying and keep trying so it wasn't like it wasn't the fact that i was just born with this mindset i just never gave up as a kid even i would always try harder and always make a point to know for myself that I am capable, I am able, I can do anything if I put the amount of time in and the work in to try to get the skill. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. it's really been a lifetime of development and Absolutely. Yes, mentors and leaders and coaches throughout your yeah. life have just kind of helped you and pushed you in that direction. Yeah. And my mom and dad, a hundred percent. I think my mom and dad um, coaches and just like my mind, like my just me as a, yeah. as, a, as a kid. No one pushed me yeah. to do gymnastics. No one pushed me to go outside in the barn and start skateboarding. Yeah. No one pushed me to be like the best at the hurdles. My parents didn't, my parents weren't the ones to like take me to the extra practice for hurdles. Like they didn't take me to the extra weight training I did for uh, track and field. My coach took me because yeah. he was like, you're talented, you're gifted, we should take you. I did it because I love it. I did it because it made me happy. I didn't do it to make anybody else's dreams come true. It made it to make my dreams come true. And why, you know, the parents that think they need to push their kids and push their kids, those are the kids that give up because they're tired of the push by the parents. They're tired of dad yelling at them for not making a good pass in football. They're tired of mom getting angry because they're not skinny enough for ballet. They're tired of, you know, mom and dad both saying like, you could have done better. My parents never said that to me. They were always proud of me, no matter if I was last or first. And they always knew that I was the hardest person on myself. So it was just, I just think that when you grow up as a child, if you're not happy doing it, it's probably not going to be in your future for yeah. long. So I think that a big part of my mindset is because I'm 100% happy doing what I love to do in yeah. that sport. That is awesome. Um, so gymnastics was your thing, then CrossFit. Is that right? It was gymnastics track and field for six and a half years. Um, I ran the hurdles, 100, 100 meter dash, long jump. Um, I went to state for hurdles. I went to state for the 300 and the 100 hurdles. Believe it or not, I know. Because I stand, everybody that's listening, I stand about four, ten and a half. Um, but I did, I did podium. I got fourth place in the 300s my junior year. And I got eight uh, place in the hundred hurdles and I wanted to defy the odds because I knew no short girls has ever have ever made it to state in my division and got like top uh, or made to finals but I made to like there's a semi-finals at state and there's a finals so you have to pass semi-finals to make finals at state and I made finals and I was just so pumped 
Um, The final race didn't go so well. I caught my trail leg on one of the hurdles, so it messed up all my steps. And I was so bummed because it was like, oh, I knew I had a shot at like top five. But it's cool. It's done. It's over with. Um, So yeah, so I went to track and field. Then I did volleyball. Uh, I skateboarded on the side just because my uh, high school boyfriend skateboarded. And actually a funny story about that. So this kind of shows people my mindset and this is my drive and my abilities. I never skateboarded. I never stepped on a skateboard. I literally stepped on one um, when we were dating. And I think we started dating in like April. And I think my mom said, uh, actually April, May, June, May. And I started learning how to ride it and I rode it and I could just kind of push around on it. But my mom and dad owned a meat market, used to, and I would go outside uh, when no customers were in the meat market. So I was like the only one working, mind you, for, I think I was 15 years old, working the counter like by myself. My mom was gone. Um, and I would take my skateboard outside of the meat market and I would like try to kick flip. I would try to learn how to ollie. I would try to learn like all these like moves and I would do it literally until somebody would pull up and then I'd go wait on it. Then I'd come right back outside and start over. Um, and that summer, my mom said to my little high school boyfriend, Alyssa and you have to compete. And if Alyssa beats you at the end of the summer, you owe me something my mom said like I forget like you have to clean the house or you have to do like something or like 20 bucks you have to give her 20 bucks like she was just she just wanted to see if I could be <laughs> um in skateboarding so it's like you know how you play horse and basketball you get yeah. H and the other person gets to try blah 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 um it's the game of skate though so if you miss like the person gets to do a trick and then you get to attempt it and if you don't make it yeah. And an S. So we played a game of skate and I freaking won it. So we had two months to do this and I won. I was getting skills so fast, but it's because I went out in that barn every day after school and practiced for four to five hours right after school. Like I'd do my homework and then go practice or I wouldn't do my homework and I'd wait till the morning and then I would do my homework. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but I would practice. I would always practice everything I do. I give a hundred percent effort to, and if I don't, I unhurt, I do not love it or I do not enjoy it. And so I don't put my mind, I don't give it the time of day. I don't start something. If I know I'm not going to like it. I always, if I, it's in my life, my boyfriend or my weightlifting, or if I'm doing um, something, no matter what it is, I am putting hundred percent effort to it because that's just the kind of human being I am. I just put my heart into it, heart and soul into it. Yeah. Um, the word relentless just keeps popping through my mind. I, I, I even said it a little while ago, just you seem relentless in what you do. And that, that's such a great quality. Um, I mean, obviously <laughs> on the podium, oh, you're totally fine. What kind of dog do you have? He's a German Shepherd and Lab. Oh, we have a German Shepherd Chocolate Lab mix as well. Oh, do you? Yeah. Awesome. Is he a big dog? Is he? Um, can I see him? Can you see yeah. him? Yeah, yeah, he's pretty big. 
Yeah, he's he's like nine. I mean, he's like seventy-five pounds. Yeah. So he's like a medium dog. That's cool. It's interesting because labs aren't huge and German shepherds aren't huge, but then they get crossed and all of a sudden they're they're a little bit bigger than their normal breeds. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have a German shepherd that lives near us and he plays with him and he's they love each other. But anyways, sorry. No, no, you're good. That's awesome. <laughs> um, okay. So I loved going off on on the mind a little bit because I think that that's so important in, you know, even just the everyday person that's trying to be healthy and get fit. Um, and that maybe that's something that's missed a little bit. You know, we, we might just uh, get down on ourselves and say, screw the diet. I'm done. I'm just going to eat crappy because, you know, I had a cookie. Because I already, messed up, I already messed up. So I'm done. I just, you know, my boyfriend broke up with me and I feel like crap. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, I think we can definitely learn from that. Um, I mean, that's an elite mindset and you, you can't mess up because the, the Olympics is on the line, but for us, you know, maybe, well, our, our health in the long term is on, is on the, is on the fence. But I would say have, health in long term is more important than the Olympics because well, it's, it's people want to like put it into perspective. Like when you get old, at, like, all this disease and all this stuff going on. I mean, we have the most people in the United States that we have the most obese country. I mean, some of our kids are obese yeah. and we're doing that to our kids. So I think in the long and like the short term of things, like why wouldn't you want to feed your kids, your, the generate, you know, the, the kids that popped out of you, why wouldn't you want to make them healthy and give them the best possible life ever? Or heck, why wouldn't you want to set an example for your kids to show them that like, Hey, I eat healthy. Why do I eat healthy? Cause I feel good. Yeah. Not necessarily about looking good. It's just about feeling good and being healthy, having good organs, like functioning organs and being able to get up without having stomach aches and going to bed feeling you know, satisfied, not like yeah. over the top full. Um, so I think like in that terms of things, yeah. we can say that like going, like my lifestyle requires it. Everybody's lifestyle requires it. Yeah. Not just mine. Yeah. Mine is something that I'm doing because it's for sport. Mm -hmm. Like, like something like my weight cut. Yeah. My weight at the last four hours before, you know, before competition is required for me. Uh -huh. But eating healthy and having a good proper diet for a person is required for everybody. Yeah. It should be yeah. because we're just killing ourselves yeah. with bad, poor ch eating choices or we're not eating or we are eating too much. We're just, we need to like be conscious of like what that's doing to us. Yeah. Well, you said you have eight cups of veggies a day. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So honestly, mo and you know it, most people would listen to that and they're like, eight cups of vegetables? How, how do you eat eight cups of vegetables? You weigh 110 pounds. Um, vegetables have a lot of fiber in them. So, they, um, so you have to drink a lot of water on top of that to make sure the fiber digests because fiber does not just come out of your body um, without water. Um, Eight cups of veggies are like 
super, you know, like there's not a lot of calories to them. Like, let's say I have like eight cups of spinach. I mean, you're talking like maybe a hundred, yeah, like hundred calories for the day. If you're talking like more dense veggies, like uh, maybe Brussels sprouts, because Brussels sprouts have a lot of protein per cup, and they have a lot of uh, they. Have, I think they have like eight carbs per cup. Yeah, um, broccoli is a little like in the middle of spinach and. I eat a lot of broccoli. Um, I think that people think it's hard, but it's really not because I think what happens when you start eating good, you actually enjoy the foods you're eating. Because before I was eating like, we're talking like white bread with like 80-20 meat, like ground beef and like cheddar cheese on top with tons of ketchup, like the whole bottle. And then baked beans on the side and green beans, like baked beans from the can. Yeah. Like baked beans, ones that make you fart. No. <laughs> uh, and then like green beans from the can. So like my diet's come a long way. I, I ate like Oreos for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But like a three, like I'd grab one and eat for breakfast. I'd grab a few and eat it after lunch. I wouldn't eat like ample amount of protein for the day. I would eat like absolutely no veggies. Um, I would eat a lot of fats and a lot of carbohydrates. So we're talking about carbohydrates are like sugars. So bread, fruits. Um, I would eat uh, white potatoes. And like these foods, they're not bad for you, but you have to get the right amount for your body. So like the right amount of calories or the right amount of protein, the right amount of fat, carbs veggies for the day and veggies aren't a macronutrient yeah they are a category that i like to remind myself that's important because there's a lot of micronutrients in them yeah um, so you're talking like vitamins minerals that sort of thing yeah yeah we're talking yeah all the little stuff that you don't get from other things like a, a cool thing for me was like when we were weight cutting we changed to more red meat yeah that's because there's a lot more like iron in it and um i think i forget which one it is is it vitamin b12 as well which is a big one yeah yes yes thank you um it's that one and then on top of that it just uh it has a little more fat to it but we try to keep the meat lean 90 10 but still like the stuff that i would get from red meat I couldn't get from chicken. Mm-mm. I couldn't feel the same way. I felt so much more satisfied and satiated after I'd eat like a bison burger. Yeah. And then people are like, wait a minute, you did a weight cut and you ate bison burgers every night? What? And I was like, yeah, you have no idea. Yeah. I was like, you can eat so much more good food than you think, or you give your, like, just people just don't know. They don't know how to read labels. They don't know what to eat, um, or they don't think they like it. And it's probably because they're just freaking cooking it wrong. Like, you cook broccoli on the stove and you steam it, it's disgusting. Yeah. You put broccoli in the oven with a little olive oil, garlic salt, yeah. pepper salt, and onion salt, or onion um, powder. Yeah. It's amazing. You roast it. It's like a whole new world. I kind of tried to tell people all the time, like freaking kids eat this crap. I was like, if kids are eating it, your butt can eat it too. Exactly. So, yeah. No, kind of the old bodybuilding mentality of, Hey, I'm going to cut some weight. So chicken and broccoli, it just, uh, oh. it's not near as healthy as 
red meat and spinach and, you know, it's okay to have an orange and it's okay to have carrots. And, you know, we want to be getting that micronutrients. And so I think that's awesome. I mean, I've seen into RP quite a bit into Renaissance and they just seem super duper dialed. Um, I used to help people a little bit. I'd say, Hey, let me kind of set your macros here and there. And now I'm like, Hey, you know what? I'm not near as good at this, <laughs> not even close as they Absolutely. are. So go, go to them. Or the nutritional advice that I give people is, you know, chew your food 30 times before you swallow and eat mostly real foods and you'll probably feel a lot better. And then when you want to get more dialed later on, then you can start to think about macros and that sort of thing. But micros are just so important. Yeah, for sure. I think people just need to realize that like the, I think calories are so important. Just getting the right amount of calories in for your body is super important. Um, I think, uh, macros are like, I think like RP has like a triangle, uh, pyramid where like it's adherence is like first Mm -hmm. and then it's like calories and then it's like macros and then it's like timing and then something else. But like the point is, is they're saying, be able to stick to the diet and hold yourself accountable do something that can fit into your lifestyle like if you can't eat six meals a day lord have mercy just do three it's the same thing you're just you just have to make sure you get the amount of calories in a day yeah um it's a single digit percentage difference yeah say again well it's just like a single percentage difference you know so it maybe you're not if you would time it correctly maybe it's like a three percent better right or something it's not a big deal yeah it's not i mean at the end of the day like for an average everyday normal person that's just trying to look good or stay healthy just for crying out loud just eat good food choose better options choose better choices get rid of things like um oreos for breakfast yeah get rid of oreos for breakfast (laughs) or like cocoa wheats or cocoa puffs Uh, i mean you can I mean, that kind of stuff is just too, it's just not like fulfilling. It's not not satisfying. Like if you eat like a bowl of cereal with, I mean, you can even give the example of like whey protein. It just goes through your system so fast that it's just like, you don't feel full and you feel hungry after like an hour. You get rid of the stuff that you just feel like you don't even get fed from it. Like things like, I don't know. I don't know how people do protein bars because I can't do them. I feel like I eat them and then I'm hungry. Don't, yeah. It doesn't matter what the calories, what the fats, what the carbs, what the protein is on it. I'm freaking hungry after it. Yeah. So I don't, I stay away from them. I do real, like, like when I say real food, I'm talking like I do, I will do chicken with a bunch of vegetables, yeah. rice and uh, avocado. Um, it's more fulfilling. It's more dense. There's more fiber in it, so it's going to take longer to digest. Uh, it's just going to make me overall more happy, and especially vegetables. I tell you what, man. Before I started my diet for RP, I literally would never eat vegetables. But and once I started with RP, now after two and a half years of doing it, actually two and a half years. Yes, after two and a half years. It'll be three years this September after doing it. I literally have to get my vegetables in to make me satisfied. Like 
if I don't get my vegetables in, I feel like I have missed out on a very amazing opportunity. Like, you know, when people post their highlight reels on Instagram, like, I feel like I'm missing out. Like, I'm like, oh man, she got that broccoli today and I did it. I'm like so bummed about it. It's like missing out on like a cheat meal or dessert or something. Um, it just makes you feel so much better. Yeah. And, but if you had never adhered to it, like that first tier that they talk about, you wouldn't even know that. No, so I would, I never, I gave it a chance. I, I just kept trying and trying. I just kept trying different things. And that's where my mindset also comes into play. I never give up. I keep trying. If something didn't work for me, I kept trying to change it. The problem with our society today is we just want it to work right away. And now. we want to see results now. Yeah. Nobody wants to put the work in. Nobody wants to put the time in. They just want the results. They want to look like you. They want to have those lean, big biceps, big, thick legs, but nobody wants to do the work to get it. The problem is, is like when you do it, start a diet, it takes a year, a year to just figure, like figure it out just a small bit, like figure out like how to weigh your food, how to pack your food, what you enjoy to eat from day to day, what makes you feel better and what makes you feel like crap. Um, what you like more, what you don't like, how to cook your veggies and how not to cook them. Um, it takes, it took me, uh, probably a year and a half to understand, fully understand how to do RP. And now two and a half years into it, I can tell you that I am pretty freaking good at it. I could work for RP and nobody would know if I was a dietitian or not a dietitian. Yeah. I think like the only thing I would lack is like the absolute, and I know like people like hate when people say this, um, like they like people if they don't have like certification or degree or whatever. I mean, I have an exercise science degree. I also was working on like getting my ISSN, uh, like a nutrition, uh, I can't think what it's called, cert basically a certification, but it's like one you have to take, one you can only take if you have a bachelor's. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, I would lead somebody to a sports nutritionist or a nutritionist in general, but. I could definitely like tell you everything and how to do it without just because of my experience doing it. Yeah. Which experience I, goes a long ways. I mean, because I'm the same, like if someone has an issue, then Hey, there are professionals out there that have dedicated their life to, you know, talking to people about nutrition yeah. by talking to someone and saying, Hey, let's eat more vegetables. Let's add some natural proteins. Let's chew your food and sleep enough. You know, that, that's okay. Like we don't, I don't feel like you have to have a doctorate to do that. So no. And it's like basic logical common sense, right? Like if you break your arm, you know, to go to the emergency room, you're not trying to go and do your own surgery and stuff. Yeah. Like you're leading them to the next best option. So it's just like that. I'm just helping people try to get to, you know, try to get that adherence, try to get those right calories and try to get the right macros yeah. and the rest of the science stuff. Leave that up to the professionals because they're the ones. Who know. Do yeah. I know a little bit? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I know what the energy systems are and what I need and why I need it and what breaks down if I don't get it and what, you know, some of the like biologic, like biological stuff that are, yeah, biological stuff that like happens in the body. Yeah. But we're not talking like the Krebs cycle and yeah. <laughs> lycolysis, yeah. like 
yeah Alyssa still needs to tap in on that stuff and learn relearn <laughs> but um yeah so that's why I always say like go to a dietitian and I have a dietitian like yeah. I don't do my own diet I she literally sets my macros and builds my template and I follow it I don't ask like literally don't really ask for help I gauge my weight like Hey Megan, I'm like, I've been gaining a lot of weight on this template. It's not good. It can't be this heavy for my sport. Like I need to be lighter. She's like, okay. So she switches it up and I'm like, Hey Megan, that was way too much of a switch. Like you need to go and like between this template and in between this template and make a different one. So yeah. Awesome. So switching gears a little bit to training. Um, What does your training look like? Um, I train about, I want to say anywhere from 24 to 27 hours a week. Um, my probably last week leading up is my shortest week because we're working on trying to get more powerful versus strong. Um, the hardest training weeks are probably my first in like, let's say a 16 week training cycle. My hardest weeks are probably, um, let's see. Uh, 14 weeks, all 14 weeks. And then the last two weeks are probably a little, well, no. Yeah, probably two weeks out of competition are my easier ones. Um, Usually my body starts to like yell at uh, me probably two weeks out. It's like during this last uh, Pan Ams, a week, two weeks out, my body started kind of breaking down. I started feeling like crap. I started hurting. I started getting really cranky, but that's when like the weight cut gets like really real. Because you're training volume up then as well? Yes. So my training, no, uh, well, okay. So it's really hard to think about volume and intensity in the sport of weightlifting because it kind of could be the same thing. So my weights are really heavy. Okay. My, and I guess, yes. So volume is high. So that would be my weights. The intensity is low. So my, the amount of reps and sets I do are lower. Okay. So like eating less calories. Yeah. I'm also eating less calories, but I'm also trying to get more powerful. Yeah. I'm trying to get faster. I'm trying to get um, speed. I'm not trying to get like strong and slow. You want to start making the, if the weight starts, if the reps and sets come down, that means my body can heal faster and, yeah. and it, it has so much load on it. Uh, it can, it can start working faster and start becoming more, um, uh, powerful. Yeah. So your training also has to be extremely consistent. So as far as, you know, nutrition has to be consistent, not just for you, but for everybody. Um, <clears throat> With nutrition real quick, I do have a cheat meal every week, but the cheat meal stops six weeks out. Okay, cool, cool. So I just want everyone to know that I am human. I do mess yeah. up, so I don't think I'm perfect. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm far from perfect. What's your favorite? Every day this week, just let everyone know. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite cheat meal? Burger, sweet potato fries, and broccoli. And then I love... Cold Stone birthday, a Cold Stone cake batter with brownie mixed in. Cake or, batter with brownie. 
oh, cake batter with their brownie is like unstoppable. I could eat like the gotta have it, which is the largest one. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It, it's stu- stupid good. But then I also like myself a piece of cake or a freshly baked chocolate chip cookie. So, hmm. so I've heard the body can only uh, process so many carbs at a time. So if you eat those all at the same time, it's almost like it didn't even happen. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I was like, mm, I don't know about you. Like, yeah, you're definitely not a nutritionist, Tyler. I might be vomiting, but. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Well, minus the uh, cold stone and the cake, that's not even that bad anyways. Like, No, so like my cheat meals, I like, I, I have a very sensitive stomach. So when I eat things like pork, I ate the other day, I ate some pulled pork and brisket and it was so good. Yeah. And I had some barbecue sauce and I think all the sugar from the barbecue sauce and I don't think it really had a lot to do with the meat, but I think the meat, pork doesn't do it. Like it like settles wrong in my stomach. So I wake up like this horrendous stomach ache where it feels like you're like just coming off of like a sickness or for girl's sake, you're just coming off of a period because it's like it hurts your stomach. So I don't like feeling like that. So I try to pick like two burgers. I'll have two bison burgers with like one bun. So I'll have like a double cheeseburger. Or I'll have like more sweet potatoes or I'll have sweet potatoes and a burger. So I'll have like volume of food is more my concern for a cheat meal versus going out to a restaurant, getting like a fried chicken sandwich. Yeah. It just doesn't, it doesn't set with me. So I don't, I don't enjoy my, the time I'm sleeping. I like to sleep well. I don't like to feel like crap. So I try to choose more. I just like it. I like to eat healthy. I, I'm sorry. I know everyone <laughs> out there thinks that I'm saying this right now. I, I just like to eat healthy. healthy. No, uh, that's good. Do you feel like in eating healthy over the last two and a half years, following the RP and, and, and being strict or, you know, strictish, do you feel like that has made it so when you eat crappy food, you can tell that it's crappy? Yes, absolutely. It makes sure you just feel like crap because yeah. you've been doing so good. I think your microbiome changes in your stomach. Um, so I think that like I developed, I was lactose intolerant. Now I'm not. Um, I was really sensitive to gluten and now I'm not. Um, after the diet, it's like changed my microbiome completely. I feel a lot crappier when I eat crappy foods like fried foods and pork and um, if I overload like fats or overload carbs, I feel like Ugh, I'm just, just too much food. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. And so when you say microbiome, like people who are listening, it's just kind of like our gut has its own little ecosystem in it. And throughout time when we're eating crappy foods and we're stressed or we're not sleeping well, not great bacteria can, can grow. And like the environment of our gut is just yes. poor. It's like... Yeah a polluted city. But then if you're, if you let that city overgrow with like trees and now there's oxygen and um, photosynthesis and stuff happening, then all of a sudden it's all, it's like a healthy ecosystem again. So you're saying by eating the vegetables and the more natural foods and the natural proteins and all of that, your stomach's actually able to heal itself and you just Absolutely. feel a lot better. 100%. Yeah, my gut health is just 100% better. And I think that there's a lot more research coming out. Like Dr. Rhonda Patrick, she's awesome. Found my, found my Fitness is her podcast. 
And she's so intelligent. You can't really understand a lot of the stuff she's saying because she's so intelligent. It is just out of your, um, it's just blows your mind what she says, but it's super cool. Cause it's like, she talks about like a lot of the stuff in gut health, especially now. And I love listening to her. I also like, um, I think it's Lane Norton. I enjoy listening to him. Um, he's really good too. He's very sarcastic and I like that. Um, he also hates people that are not <laughs> like dietitians or nutritionists and they try to give you advice. Um, but like try to take your money and stuff or charge yeah. you a lot and they're not doing anything for you, which I totally agree with. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so those are some good people to follow on that, like gut health and stuff. Yeah, it's interesting stuff because it's definitely like an emerging science. We've oh. kind of known it for a while, but it's still so hard to research because it's like a whole nother universe. Right. So, so. cool stuff. Yeah. Um, well, I don't want to take your time and it's been about an hour. I mean, I don't want, I did want to take some of your time. I didn't want to take too yeah. much of your time. If you have any other questions, you're more than welcome to ask, answer them. I have about like, um, I got to probably go around like 3.05-ish. Because I got to go to the gym. Okay. I still oh, yeah. So do you do yeah. two days then? Not right now. Not right now. It's like I was, I usually take the, like, if, if there's a lot of time between my meets, I usually take a good three weeks to recover and do corrective exercising, oh, do cool. a lot of PT and make sure my body's well rested. I also put the body weight scale away and I, yeah. um, I don't weigh myself. I just never weigh myself because it's not important to me. I don't care. Um, but the closer my meets do get, I do take that back out just to gauge where I'm at. Um, I don't want to get too heavy because that's really hard to cut from that. Yeah. Uh, but that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. You're too heavy. <laughs> um, Got to get back on track. Get back on that wagon. Don't oh, get yeah. off. It's good. Uh, good. Uh, yeah. So uh, I usually do two days. Um, before Pan Am's, I was doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday, two a days. And then I was completely off on Thursday and completely off on Sunday. My Tuesdays are light and my. Saturdays are medium, light medium, like probably three exercises, four sets of those exercises, anywhere from two to four reps, um, like a squat, a jerk, and a snatch, um, stuff like that. So, yeah. So if, if you were to recommend just to people out there that want to get fit and healthy, um, the first thing or even place that they could go to just, you know, maybe let's just have an avatar. Let's say it's a 40 year old that just feels like they've kind of let themselves go for the last 40 years. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, no. where, where would they go to, to just get started? And it doesn't have to be like a physical place or it doesn't have to be RP or whatever. Just what can they do? How can someone just start to get healthy now? I mean, literally you can like find anything on the internet these days. Like you can go to YouTube and just like, uh, just look up something like, Oh, I want to do some butt exercises, you know? Oh, here's an Instagram girl, do some butt exercises, you know, like you can find all that stuff. How credible, how credible it will be. Um, probably not the best. I would just find like, a, or I find like a local gym in your area. Um, whether it's CrossFit or, um, you go and do private sessions with someone just for working out or you go and do like 
yoga or something, just get, get some activity, at least 30 minutes of activity every day. Um, whether it's like a fast walk or something, just start doing something. Then over time, just build, build up on it and try to get uh, better at it. You don't have to go like full blown, try to like do two a days like I do just yeah. 30 minutes to an hour of like good high intense, get your heart rate up. That's yeah. great. Um, as for diet, just, just try to choose better options. Try to choose better options and get rid of the stuff that you don't want to eat that's in your house. Like get rid of the cookies and get rid of that stuff. Like I know if you have kids, it's hard. But you know what? As a kid, my mom and dad didn't let me eat cookies all the time. They yelled at me if I ate cookies. I stole them out of the cupboard and ate them. <laughs> <laughs> but that's besides the point. <laughs> so yeah, just like try baby steps before you try to make these like grand plans and try to dive in deep. Baby steps. I like Those that. Because baby sustainable. steps are sustainable. Yes. Baby steps are better for people. I mean, maybe try to eat good three times a week. Maybe get rid of the Diet Coke. Maybe yeah. get rid of uh, the heaping load of mayonnaise you put on your sandwich. Maybe try instead of turkey lunch meat, try actual real turkey. Um, leaner meats. Try to switch to 90-10 meats. Like just things like that. That's cool. I really like that. Um, so I could probably ask you questions for hours just because maybe a little nerdy like that. But, Don't worry. I'm starting a podcast. So Good. Yeah. That's awesome. Have you, have you started it yet? Like, have you gotten into that at all yet? Okay. So I just got the microphone and yeah. I got a new laptop because my laptop's like 10 years old. And so I finally got that. And then I realized Apple loves to make people purchase as many accessories as possible. Yep. Even though I like them, I don't have a port. I don't have a USB port in my computer anymore. Yeah. Now I need a port system yep. that I have to buy. And so I just bought that yes, uh, today to plug that in, to plug my microphone in. And I'm so like, like the lightning to USB. Is that, is that what it is? The lightning to like USB. And yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> anyway, so you know I have now I have to wait for that so I'm trying to like it's gonna be there's gonna be one up this week for sure cool and it's probably either gonna be me and Max talking about like just me and Max being me and Max like yeah. talking about like the training talking about Pan Ams talking about um the weight cut and talking about like the back room uh before I started competing like my warm-ups in the back room yeah stuff like that or it's gonna just be me talking about my full-fledged experience of Pan Ams, um, from training to weight cut to mindset. Uh, but I don't want to like do too many yeah. in one because there's so many, I have like, like literally wrote down this many topics, like 12 topics that I could talk about, but I want to make them like, you know, short 15, 20 minute. Uh, That's topic. cool. It, Cause yeah, that's something a little too much for me and it can just like not be super interesting. So anyways, but yeah, so yeah. that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start that. And, uh, I think it'll be cool. Like I want to interview my dad. Yeah. And I saw his, uh, his, his impression of you. Yes, it's very good. That was awesome. <laughs> Which good. actually yeah. is one thing I really appreciate about your social media is you show people your emotion. And I, yeah. I like that. 
Um, because obviously you've put your entire life now into Olympic weightlifting. And when you make that lift and you show yourself getting excited and crying over it, that's, that's real life. That's awesome. That's amazing. You care so much about it that you're okay sharing that. Yeah, it's totally real. I could never fake that. Yeah. And it's cool that your dad can make fun of it and you're cool with it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's my family. He's always like, you know, Liz, you could have done better. You could have been first. <laughs> and I'm like, I was first. And then he's like, you could have got extra credit. I'm like, like, like what are six pounds over the, over the record or whatever. So he doesn't even know. So <laughs> I just let him go. <laughs> I do me. He can do him. And yeah. we're, we're good. He's an awesome dad though. Yeah. I'm very happy to have you in my life. That's cool. Yeah, well, that's I really appreciate your time. Um, I, I just think that, you know, different people that come on, they resonate different with different people. And um, sure. I would definitely recommend to anybody to go to your social media and check it out and follow you. And um, it's been fun to just see you go to different competitions. And like I said, your emotion and just what you do, it's, it's cool. It's, um, it's amazing. And uh, I think we can all learn something from it. So I just appreciate you coming on and, and talking to us a, a little bit more about it. Thank you for having me. Seriously. It was awesome. Yeah. Well, if you'd like to again sometime, maybe we can dive a little bit deeper and, and uh, do this again. For sure. But good luck in everything. Um, I, I hope that the Olympics happen for you. Oh, they will. I'll make them. They will. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Well, well, thank you, Alyssa. And we will, uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Thanks.